Welcome to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Hey guys, so this week um, it is full-blown hurricane season. We've had one on each side of the country so far. We've had one in the Pacific and one in the Atlantic. And so it seemed like a good time to talk a little bit about how to help the kids and the teachers when there is a natural disaster happening that's in the news. How do we prepare the kids? How do we help the kids afterwards? We've talked about how we have to do drills. If you don't have that episode, hopefully I will remember to put into the show notes (laughs) the link to um, our episode that was all about different kinds of season, hurricane season, wildfire season, et cetera. But today we're going to talk about how do we prepare the kids emotionally for those events if we're in the pathway. Okay, Um, so so hang on. So... When we start talking about kids getting prepared, you and I have had this discussion a lot over the last couple of decades. And this is not, although you say that like that should be an easy thing, that really isn't something that we can just go, you know, because even if you try to Google it, you get the same list of things to do to help children, right? And I'm not sure that list really has changed much since 9-11. Probably not. Um, oh, I know it hasn't. <laughs> but, but I mean, so we've got preparing before and we've got helping them after. And I think definitely the helping them after absolutely probably hasn't changed since 9-11 because there were a whole bunch of books and, you know, tools that were created to help kids, our children, (laughs) handle the emotional weight of 9-11. And there's a whole generation of kids who have come into adulthood since then. um, And yeah, it probably could be updated some, I would agree. Yeah. So I just Googled real quick because I, I knew where, what resources I remembered originally, which were all related to PBS. And so whether it's when disaster strikes, uh, that has a little more of an adult focus. Um, then yeah. there's helping kids cope with disaster and then learning about natural disasters with Sesame Street. So those are resources that are all old. I mean, they're all, you know, 2000. I think there might be one that might squeak in at 2020. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we ended up here, actually, with this conversation today is to talk about how do you how where what resources are available uh and you know you even can share a little bit about how when you would make books because you couldn't find the book you wanted so i want to start there because i think that's a great teaching thought for teachers yeah um so most of my teaching time in the classroom was working with toddlers i worked with all of the ages but toddlers are my favorite So I would always go back there if I could. And there are very few high quality books for toddlers that are real. (laughs) Um, What I mean by that is there's a lot of things with cartoons and they don't talk about emotions, which toddlers are giant balls of emotion that are just bouncing from activity to activity. They, They cannot parse their emotions at all. They have no emotional control. Um, And they also hyperfixate. So there would be a kid in the classroom who was obsessed with bears and there were no 
good quality books about what does a bear do that were age appropriate for toddlers. There were lots of pretend books um, <laughs> like, well, I guess little bear is even older little bears for uh, preschoolers, but the little mouse, the red ripe strawberry and the big hungry bear, right? That's a, a prime toddler book that has nothing to do with what bears actually do. <laughs> and they do eat strawberries, but they do not fight with mice for them. Like, <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> Um, and so I would go and, you know, destroy National Geographic magazines to put real pictures of real bears and put real text about the real bears into a photo album. And that's how I created my first books. And we would do the same thing when like one of the kids was dealing with the death of a pet or a family illness we would get pictures of their family member and we would make a book that we could read at story time so that the kids could actually see real people and address those things. Now, when you and I wrote our book, um, Lola and the Hurricane, it is it is written for older kids than toddlers. It is using simple line drawings instead of realistic pictures. <clears throat> Because the word hurricane is not a word that's going to stick in a toddler's head. <laughs> but that's how I started writing books is as a teacher, there would be something that we needed to talk about or that the kids were very interested in. And there wasn't a good book for it. Um, it's great to have fun books, Dr. Seuss books, um, the Berenstein Bears, you know, all of, you know, Eric Carl, you know, those are ones that have been around for decades and decades. And some of them deal with emotions, but there aren't enough of them, I guess, is what I want to say. <laughs> I obviously so, got on a soapbox there. <laughs> that's okay. You know, we, we all have them. So one of the things when we decided to write this book, we also looked at fun facts. We picked, you know, things that we thought were interesting. And so it, when you're writing books for your kids in your classroom, I mean, if you get nothing out of today's podcast, think of yourself as an author. Think of yourself as somebody who is capable of doing exactly what Carrie just talked about. And what's beautiful is we even have more resources. Like now you can just go on to Google and find pictures of the bears actually doing the bear things and writing, or, you know. When we're talking about natural disasters, you can take pictures of the nat of a natural disaster that happened that is what the kids are worried about mm -hmm. and put that in the book. So, you know, if, I mean, by the time this, goes up, it'll be a little dated, but the hurricane followed by the wildfires out in Hawaii. Um, I know that there've been kids who are worried because I, I heard one kid be very worried about the koalas because the last time there was a thing that they heard about with a big wildfire on an island, the koalas were involved. The kids can't don't know the difference between Hawaii and Australia. It's an island, there was a fire, the koalas must be in danger. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we can explain, no, 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 there's no koalas in Hawaii. Um, but then they said, well, what animals do live in Hawaii? And then you go in a whole different route. But you can take actual pictures of real life houses or real life streets and you can put those in and 
you can put what is important for the kids, which is the people helping each other. And that because the people lived on an island, everybody knew how to swim. And so if they couldn't get away from the fire, they could jump in the water and they could swim. Like we can put those things in the story so that the kids aren't left with the visual of the burned out VW bug. Instead, they're left with the visual of somebody being able to go to the beach because <laughs> that's what the kid is going to think. They're not going to be like, oh, two hours of treading water. That doesn't sound fun. But we can leave them with the, this is what you could do if this happens for you, instead of leaving that open loop of, oh my gosh, if there's a wildfire, my house is going to burn down. My cars are going to burn. I can't get away because my car's on fire. Well, like that's not how we want to leave it. Absolutely. And we can take it a step further by including maps and having you are here. And, um, and even, I mean, since, since you brought up the Hawaii piece, there's always people just like in every other, we live in Texas. So if anything happens in Texas, people are worried about us. They, they don't really get that in Texas, it's as far to go from the north of Texas to the south of Texas as it is to go from the north of Texas to Canada. I mean, People just don't really quite get that grasp. So um, Texas is big, but even when you're not big, so, you know, yes, Maui had a fire. <laughs> it's in one neighborhood. It's not even in a whole city. It's in a neighborhood. So helping the kids kind of understand, you know, where they are, the geographics, everything that goes into that and help and acknowledging. I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that you know, their concerns and fears are real and helping them get through that process. So I loved Lola and the Hurricane. And if you've not heard our book, you can go find it on Amazon. There is actually an audio book. Carrie is one of the the two main um, adults. Uh, one of Lola's adults. <laughs> yes, one of Lola's adults. I was going to say one of the two main people who talk in, talk in the audiobook. And we're just really excited to be able to share that option with you because a lot of times kids' books don't come as an audiobook. And so that is an option. But we want you to think about, because eventually there'll be a whole series. We've got several others, and Carrie and I write using Post-it notes, and that's its own little <clears throat> fun story all in itself. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, we will continue to write these books and, and get them out to people. But if something happens and there are kids at your school who are worried, you're a director. You can write a version of it and go get the photos or you can work with people on your staff. Heck, if you want to, you can have chat GPT. You give it the point, the, the beats of the story. Let chat GPT fill it in if you're anxious about, oh, I'm not an author. Great. You're not going to publish it everywhere. It's for the kids to have that. This is what you do before. This is what you do during. And this is what you do after, which is what we want um, if we're helping kids through the emotional drama that is a disaster. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. So you hear this coming on the news. You live in Texas. The Gulf is just as guilty as either one of the oceans. And so we have hurricane currently in the Gulf. It sounds like it might come our direction. You're a director. You want to help prepare the teachers, the, the kids, 
the parents. What might be your first, what's the first thing you could do? What's the first? I mean, the first thing I think is reminding people about emergency preparedness and giving them a list of this is what should go in your go bag. If they don't have a go bag, they should know what needs to go in their go bag. Um, my go bag is currently not a bag. It's a cupboard, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's better to have a bag. Um, so how can we stock that? What are what are some ways that we can put those things together um, and having and reminding them of the things that are kid specific? Because when people put together a bag, um, most of the go bag uh, things, emergency preparedness bag printouts that you get are just like, and things to keep you occupied. And they list things like decks of cards and books. If you've ever been in a hotel room with a three-year-old and a four-year-old and no power, I will tell you that having two children's books and a deck of cards is not going to get you very far. <laughs> so we need to be, we need to help them prepare for the fact that there might not be power. Um, and we can, in our classrooms, encourage our teachers to talk through, okay, if, if we had, if that, if the big storm came and we were here at school, what would we do? You guys remember we practice this, right? And maybe let the kids do the drill, even though it's not a time that you need to do the drill, let them practice it. And some kids may need to do it four or five times so that they feel comfortable again, thinking more about my toddler people, but I'm sure some of the older kids might do it as well. Um, when we're talking about parents in the infant room, it's much more about how do you stay calm? Because if the parents are really wound up, then the baby's going to get fussy, which is going to make the parents have a harder time dealing with the emergency. And so reminding the parent that they have a plan and don't stress out because you're going to freak out your baby, then your baby is going to be fussy and then you're not going to be able to do what you need to do. So all of those are really, really great. And if you aren't really sure there's actually all of those in um, Lola and the Hurricane from a checklist for um, the, the kiddo, for the family, we talk about taking food with you. We talk about making it a safe place for your pets, even if your pets are chickens. And so we really have tried to capture all of that in the book. And I, this isn't really designed to be a sales pitch for the book. It's more to help you kind of think about, you can include these in your story. Uh, it doesn't have to just be a checklist. So think of it from um, things you can include. This is also another opportunity for you as an early child care educator to uh, become that expert in the field. So take the opportunity to think about emergency preparedness in your community. Um, is there any PR that you could possibly be involved in? Even right now, even if you are nowhere near a hurricane, just talking about emergency preparedness and that it's the season and that you're getting ready, having books, having the families all come in with their own go bags or having the families go home and make their go bags and take pictures of themselves with their go bags. Um, and then sharing that um, either, uh, you know, with your local newspaper, social media, that kind of thing about 
why it's important. Because again, you're the expert. Why is it important to prepare the kids and the families? And and again, it is wildfire season in half of North America right now. So it doesn't have to be a hurricane or tornado season that we're talking about. Half of the United States is in wildfire season. You could talk about wildfires. Um, That is the next book right now. Um, Kate's fussing at me to finish up our tornado book. Uh, (laughs) I've got to get illustrations and stuff done for that. But then the next one will be wildfires. So um, you can be talking to people about being prepared in case there's a wildfire. Um, A very dear friend of mine was in what and her family of four children had to evacuate from a wildfire. And it was a formative event for those kids. Um, they talk about it and it was, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, and it's still very much present in their lives. Um, and part of it is because my friend did not have a go bag, you know, none of the kids were ready for if that happened because they didn't think it was an issue because they lived in a neighborhood. Um, but it was, it was a big deal. So, well, and they stayed in that general part of the the community it wasn't we have friends who were part of that who literally took off to Hawaii um and we have other friends who just moved to other places in Texas or even other places in central Texas but um that family stayed fairly close um to that same community so um hopefully we've been able to plant some seeds for you we've shown you how you can do it yourself yes you can use our resource but you can also Take either one of these, become the expert in your community, and you'll get some 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 PR, maybe probably before there's yes. some disaster happening in your community. Don't give me, I don't want anybody to think I am like just that kind of cold that when you, no, you know we want to do a disaster happens here. Yeah. <laughs> we want to do it beforehand. We want to remind people in the community, hey, it's wildfire season or ter- tornado or hurricane, whatever is the issue in your area. Um, we just want to make sure that all of the families are prepared. Who Absolutely. cares about those people who are just adults? We we want to care <laughs> about the children um, and helping them weather these things without it freaking them out too badly or causing them to freeze in place instead of doing what the parents need them to do. So I hope you liked this. Um, if you enjoy listening to Kate and I, talk about all these kinds of issues and how you can improve your school, please make sure that you follow or subscribe depending on your podcast provider, what it's called, so that you hear us every week on a Tuesday. Follow us on various social media. We look forward to seeing you around the internet. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.